Hey everyone, it's Gabby and Danny and Manny and you're listening to Oye, Let's Talk. We are about to approach the end of the year. So hopefully it's been a great one, but it's definitely felt a lot kind of like 2020. And if y'all didn't listen to that episode, listen to our end of the year wrap up two parts from last time. But let's take you on this adventure of the locura that was 2021 first. I'm going to bring up a few things. Y'all ready for this? Dale. All right, let's breeze past the obvious stuff. I'm talking the January 6th riots. Remember when the year started with like the locura at the Capitol? Like American freedom, what? I was confused. So if you don't remember or you're having traumatic flashbacks, you're probably (laughs) seeing right now a crowd of protesters who were for president that or for then president Donald Trump who lost the 2020 presidential election stormed the Capitol as they were certifying our lovely lawmakers doing their job certifying the 2020 election. I don't know if y'all remember this, but I remember the Vice President Pence having to be rushed out, people's like breaking through windows, Capitol Police, like trying to do the cray-cray with the barricades and stuff, but it was just hectic all the way around. People getting shot. Yes, very odd scenario. So on a on a serious note, five people did die that day. And on January 6th, it's kind of going down in history as probably one of the darkest things that have happened in the United States all over politics. So let's be honest, politics is not always... That's why you don't bring it up at the dinner table. This was not a year to bring up politics on the dinner table, let me tell you. But since then, House Democrats started a January 6th commission to look into who's responsible, how is this doing. Um, Because of that day, Donald Trump was so infamously banned from most social media, including Twitter, after posting a video saying, I love you, go back home to the protesters. And there were fences around the Capitol and the National Guard was there for weeks. So there was like extra security in what typically used to be a tourist, touristy, walkable area in Washington, D.C., and now, even post the inauguration, might I add, like weeks after that even happened. Yeah, it was pretty sad. Like well into, I think, February is when some of the security started rolling back. But they were to this day, they're still investigating the January 6th riots, if that's what you want to call them. Um, and the FBI is investigating some more than 200 people. A good like 300 some have probably been charged or are facing some sort of charges. And now toward the end of the year is when some of those suspected of being there <laughs> the day of the riots are being sentenced or signing for plea deals. So we could be seeing more consequences into the new year, but to think like almost a year later and the situation really isn't resolved. But, you know, it depends on who you are. Is this something to resolve or is just something that we're just going to mark in our history books and call it a day? It also takes time, like any other trial or, you know, tr- when tr- you when someone is facing charges, that always takes time. So I I can kind of see why. But now it, talk. It did not take them that long to break into Nancy Pelosi's office. though. So I'm just saying, tossing it out there. But anyway, there's some other highlights of the year. And whether you are tired or obsessed about the topic, COVID-19 vaccine has been an ongoing topic since last year i would say like november december but mostly this year when it began to roll out we started with some hesitancy with it 
Um, I believe there is still some hesitancy with Hispanics particularly, but I like to think not as much as we used to. Uh, now we're talking more about boosters and the Omicron variant. There seems to be a variant, like a new variant every couple of weeks or so. So that's kind of discouraging, I feel. Um, but thankfully, there's more leniency with places being open. You know, not a lot of places are shut down, even though it seems like some countries in Europe are starting to re shut down again and there are tighter restrictions. Um, you know, we are still using masks, particularly in public places and schools and, you know, uh, buses, airports. But, you know, when it comes to international travel, I think now that the holidays are coming up or we're in the midst of the holiday season, um, I, I, for, I see some frustration with, in, with foreigners who want to come to the United States. And because there's now like this whole list of which vaccines are approved and not necessarily approved because a lot of vaccines are approved in other countries, like not necessarily Pfizer, Moderna, but there's AstraZeneca, um, there's the Sputnik vaccine, the Russian vaccine. A lot of those are not recognized by the United States. And so even though they are approved in their countries back home, they are unable to come to the United States and be with their families here. So that's been somewhat controversial. Um, and yeah, COVID-19 vaccine, I foresee being a hot topic for next year as well. It's booster season, y'all. <laughs> That's how far we've made it, that we need a booster. <laughs> yes, go get your booster. And talking about vaccines, that is exactly what President Biden focused on most of for his first year. And here on OI Let's Talk, we like to hold all our elected officials accountable on both sides of the aisle. And Joe Biden's first year obviously plagued with a pandemic, you know, health of the nation, focus on keeping us alive, keeping Americans alive, trying to push um, vaccine mandates in any ways he could without being too um, abrasive in his approach. Mm -hmm. And then we definitely saw Biden after addressing mandates and the vaccines, we eventually saw Biden move into his big infrastructure plan i remember when he first introduced it it was a very big ambitious plan um and obviously back and forth with negotiations with democrats on the hill the plan did eventually and recently pass the house it has yet to pass the senate and obviously it will continue to change and will probably look look nothing like what he first introduced. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what plan gets passed in the end. Hopefully it gets passed before the end of the year. I don't see that being a reality. I think it's going to go on into the next year and it's, it'll be interesting to see what's left on that plan. And we will continue to watch and see if Biden addresses any other issues that he has failed to address like immigration, DACA and gun control. Um, and then we'll definitely see, guys, I know everyone's kind of struggling out. We're seeing rising gas prices at the, at the gas stations and just an everyday grocery inflation, items. Bro. Yeah, this inflation is really putting a damper into how everyone's perceiving this post almost pandemic time. Um, and the administration, it's really hard because, you know, the economy isn't a, a simple tool. But at the end of the day, our elected officials are going to be held accountable. And we'll definitely see how Biden and Democrats fare in the 2022 midterm elections. And we'll see just how bad um, people will be energized to go out and vote. 
So I, I, I just kind of want to touch on that a little bit because the beginning of the year like started with such with such a contentious political climate and I recognize the new the country's new leader had to deal with that. But come 2022, like elections are coming up again and I just feel like they're going to be just as contentious. So if you thought we were wild in this year, I just feel like a lot of the same narrative that we've been hearing or we heard more often in 2020 is going to somehow seep into our political climate come 2022. Most definitely. I agree, Gabby. I think for now, one of Biden's biggest things, and I think this will go down in the history books forever, is Biden withdrawing from the Afghanistan war. It's America's longest war. We cannot continue the cycle of extending or expanding our military presence in Afghanistan, hoping to create ideal conditions for the withdrawal and expecting a different result. Pew Research has the article with the headline, quote, majority of U.S. public favors Afghanistan troop withdrawal. Biden criticized for his handling of situation. I think that basically summarizes what happened. But for those of you who don't know, here's an important backstory um, as told from the BBC as to how all of this kind of started. So back in 2001, the U.S. was responding to the 9-11 attacks on New York and Washington in which nearly 3,000 people were killed. Officials identified Islamist militant group Al-Qaeda and its leader Osama bin Laden as responsible. Now, at this point in time, bin Laden was in Afghanistan under the protection of the Taliban and the Islamists who had been in power since 1996. When they refused to hand him over, the U.S. intervened militarily, quickly removing the Taliban and vowing to support democracy and eliminate the terrorist threat. Now, the conflict obviously ended up killing tens of thousands of people and displaced millions. Uh, the majority of Americans, because of this, 54% of those polls said it was time to finally leave after so many years. Um, but now the Taliban controls Afghanistan, you know, the little women's rights that have been implemented is now pretty much non-existent. Uh, they're very much suppressed to the way they were before. Um, on August 26, a suicide bomb at Kabul's International Airport killed as many as 169 Afghans and 13 U.S. service members. Um, all in all, uh, you know, the U.S. failed in trying to do what they wanted to do, which was basically to not have the Taliban, the Taliban be in power. And now that's unfortunately very much the case. I think those images that we saw coming out of the airport you know, those snippets where you saw the U.S. planes leaving and you just see Afghans on the tarmac, those images and those videos will definitely, they will go down in history, just like Danny said. You know, it's 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 difficult. It's a difficult operation. I think the administration failed to have an action plan. If there was a fast collapse of the government, they were hoping it was it would be slow they thought this they knew yeah. they knew that this would happen right they just didn't know how that it would happen this fast so that's where they failed because they didn't have a plan b of like hey this is happening quick as hell let's get out of here and they were a little slow for that and and it showed and it showed i i think the there's two points that i just want to make here um we're at the age where even college students now really didn't know a time when America wasn't at war with Afghanistan or that troops weren't there. So ending America's longest war, as it's been so famously called, 
um, I think really it adds to the idea that there's some people who weren't alive or who don't remember 9-11. So they Mm -hmm. knew that this war was here the entire time. They probably didn't know why. And I think historically, like President Biden is going to be remembered for something that started way before his time. But he was definitely part of it because he was um, in politics at the time, a, a U.S. senator. Regardless, and also like he was Obama's VP, you know, when that all that shindig happened. So regardless, um, I they think- They killed Osama bin Laden, which yes. also went down in the history books. Yeah, that happened under the Obama administration, which uh, Joe Biden was so famously part of. Um, the other part is the Afghan translators, those who supported American troops. Right now, a lot of them are still left back and are waiting for visas to come to, come to the United States because they don't feel safe. They technically like- turned their back on their country or mm-hmm. um, publicly said that they weren't going to be part of the Taliban or respect them. And when the U.S. took out its troops, they didn't take out the American helpers. Um, so I'm waiting to see what that looks like. As Manny mentioned at the top of the show, saying President Biden hasn't done a lot with immigration. Well, there's a lot to be done in terms of um, making sure that people who were supportive of American troops help keep them safe in during turmoil and during dangerous times in Afghanistan um, now are hoping to bring their families or get what they were promised, which was a new life in the United States and to continue being treated as an American ally. I wonder, are we able to track all those people? Yes. So actually the the last I heard, because I was was following it for a little bit, um, I believe it's the the Department of Defense, if you go on their website, fun fact, y'all, there's like all these uh, tracking devices and listicles, just find the federal US department and go under and like do some sleuthing. But there was like some 400 people that were still waiting to get back here when I last really looked in October, because some of these things were paused. So um, I don't doubt that there's at least another 200 people, but that's not including their families, right? It's just names that they're aware of. So they're there's a couple hundred people who are hoping to call the U.S. home for what, for all of their service over years wow. <laughs> to the United States and Afghanistan. Sifting away, um, I think for our generation, people talk about the 60s civil rights movement, but I don't know, y'all, we're living through our own civil rights movement. And I think the Derek Chauvin murder trial really emphasized that because 2020 was all about Black Lives Matter. And I felt like 2021 was really like seeing all that come into fruition like the consequences being laid out the framework was there we the jury in the above entitled matter as to count one unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony find the defendant guilty this verdict agreed to this 20th day of april 2021 at 1 p.m y'all feel some of it some of it like yeah these are this one in particular was definitely highlighted yes so definitely. um just to backtrack if y'all didn't listen to our episode when uh, Derek Chauvin was found guilty by a jury. Definitely go back and check check that out. Guilty now what? And I'm gonna tell you a little bit about the now what. So timeline here: George Floyd was killed in May 2020, the same day that we sent American astronauts or astronauts to space from American soil. Was when the Black Lives Matter protests like ramped up globally, not just in the United States. So that was like Memorial Day weekend of last year. This year, nearly a year later, George Floyd's killer was convicted. And in the course of arresting Floyd, if you remember this, the whole point was that there was so much video evidence of the nine minutes that Derek Chauvin spent kneeling on George Floyd's neck. And the jury ultimately found Chauvin that he his use of force exceeded what was necessary. So 
he was found guilty on several murder charges and manslaughter. Um, the big point here is that some of his own fellow officers broke what they call the blue line and testified against him, saying like that wasn't a, that was an exemplary of what a police officer should do. He was ultimately sentenced to 22.5 years in prison because Minnesota has their own sentencing laws and like maximums, and it exceeds the state's maximum. Um, and it kind of set the stage for like other trials here on out. So for instance, the Ahmad Arbery trial was compared a lot to that. Not that Ahmad Arbery was on trial, three white men accused of killing him were, but everyone is now, which FYI, if you're one of those people who are upset about how we named the trials, people want to pay homage to the victims rather than to the people who did the killing. So if you see things being called as that, go ahead and Google accordingly. Um, but the Ahmad, the death of Ahmad Arbery trial was actually just wrapped up not too long ago. Ahmad Arbery was killed last February and to think the same thing like it took so long for justice but all the people involved in his killing were also found guilty as well and as Gabby was saying how ironic that this all started last year when we when SpaceX sent astronauts into space that brings me to the topic I wanted to highlight of 2021 and that is the start of space tourism I want everyone to mark my words <laughs> the year 2021 will be looked back as the start of space tourism I'm telling you guys right now this year was insane just to tell you guys it was such it it's mind-blowing what we were able to accomplish as the humankind because now we have we have created a system of ways to get people into outer space at a price point, well, yes, it is out of reach for the average person. It is at a price point that is attainable by some people. And I always remember my history teacher in high school, my ninth grade history teacher, and he said, if you had asked a class, a, stu uh, a, a classroom of students at the beginning of the 1900s, and you asked them to raise your hand, how many of you guys, how many of you guys have been in an airplane? Probably no one would have raised in their hands. A hundred years later, you ask, has anyone been in an airplane? It's almost weird if you haven't been in an airplane. A hundred years from now, you will go inside a classroom and you will ask, hey, who, who hasn't been to space? And everyone's going to raise their hand because it is going to be a regular thing just as space flight is now. And we saw Virgin Galactic reach the edge of space. We saw Jeff Bezos... Um, um, Jeff Bezos... Blue, Blue Origins. Blue Origins rocket the new shepherd also reached the edge of space a different and, edge of space i might uh, yes yes correct and both virgin galactic and blue origin what they did was reach to the very edge of what we consider space so you know it's not very deep into space but it's it's technically considered you're you are in you know you experience microgravity and you are there for a couple Four. of minutes man and start two Mission Control has confirmed New Shepard has cleared the tower and is on its way to space. We can hear it here from the desk. Now, SpaceX, as they have done, they pushed it. They pushed the envelope and they sent their first... Let me get this right. They sent their first all-civilian crew, not only into space, in orbit. 
for a couple of days. So it was these four people. They weren't astronauts. They were trained. Go watch the Netflix series. It's amazing. And it what? tracks down like what they did and like the training. They, you know, they were able to, they, they got into like uh, fighter jets, um, to, you know, to like experience the, the, the G's very inspiring like each of these are like regular people one of the one of the one of the astronauts they picked was this girl who had um cancer as a child and got treated at for st jude's and she became a physician's assistant that now works at st jude's and like wow. now she's going to space yeah so mm -hmm. like each person they picked was very inspiring it was um, it was philanthropic that's what i like philanthropic they raised they raised money for oh. st jude's that was like a very central a theme because you know they like one of the tickets they raffled off and it was like an auction base so very inspiring um i just want to read this quick fact um virgin galactic has said that it's Flights will cost at least $450,000 a seat. So back again to my first point, that's not attainable by that Whoa. average person. Half, half a mil, half a mil. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, like uh, you got some money laying around. Let's go take a space vacation. Mr. Bezos has said his company is also approaching about $100 million in sales for its tourist space trip. So we have these three companies pushing the edge, getting mankind literally to the next frontier and i think society will be much different 100 years from now will definitely be different next year when you see cele more celebrities going to space this program's being more funded you know it brings attention into this and i know some people will debate it's like why are we focusing on space when we have so many problems here and i agree i don't think that it's removes okay. yeah it doesn't remove the problems we have here on earth i think we have our own you know gar uh, garbage to deal with but that doesn't mean we can have both i think mm -hmm. these people have enough money to send us to space and to you know contribute to the stuff that we're doing down here so i think it's not an, a dichotomy or an absolute i think we can have both guys i just want to mention that elon musk the leader of tesla the creator of spacex and etc i think he's doing it right because it's not just about money making. He made the space industry much more affordable by creating reusable materials like reusable rockets. He's trying to bring internet to space. So although Virgin Galactic and Blue Origin all have like, I'm sure their own projects, they're only getting notoriety for super expensive 10 minute trips to space. Whereas Elon Musk is trying to bring global internet to the world. You tell me. I'm just saying like to Manny's point. Period. People who are like, why are we concentrating on space? Well, if we're doing it to make the world better, I'm about it. Or if we're doing it to make it more affordable, sure. But if we're doing it just for the clout, come on. Like, you really dropped being the CEO of Amazon for this? Okay, must be nice. Wealth. <laughs> well, then, Gabby, tell us how you really feel about the situation. Yes. Um, okay, but hot take. If you guys had the money, like, assume we, we all had the money and yes. they were like, hey, would you yes. do it? You would do it? Yes, 100%. I've already spoken to my girlfriend about it and she's like, no, you cannot go to space. But I told her, I was like, if <laughs> I... Yeah, no, she's scared that I would die. Yeah, that, that I, would be my fear. Like, I, what what if you're not... Like, they don't... I don't know. You know I would love to go to space. Just imagine that. People people say that... Astronauts say that they, when they see the Earth from, like, there, mm -hmm. like, it, it changes your just perspective on... The world, but you like don't you, think you would have more like anxiety, anxiety, no, like to think no. that you're like nothing in the you, sea of like. 
Yeah, I mean existentialism. Existentialism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. of course, yeah, of like, course, like yes. But that comes that comes with the love. I that comes with the love yeah. of space. I agree. Right. Like yes, it's you feel very alone, but at the same time, I think like at this, it, it, like you feel so appreciative of it. I'm yeah. sorry, Gabby. Would you go to space? Um, I th honestly, I think if it was more normalized, I would love to cover it for like a historic reason, like for journalistic standards, not just for fun. Like I don't want to do it for. Oh, let me go up and down. But I would love to be like, oh, yeah, put me on that trip to cover X, Y, Z. So also to know what happened this year was um, a Russian movie crew came back down um, from filming. They actually filmed part of their movie in space on the ISS. So I think that was really cool. Um, I could foresee that being normalized, right? Like, oh, let's go for a movie review or we're going to go do a new experiment. Um, astronauts train a lot. Like, it's very difficult to become an astronaut. Mm -hmm. So for, I really don't want to do one of those 10 minutes trips to space. I would like to do like a more three or four day thing. You don't age. So, I mean, I can, I'm okay with not getting more wrinkles. I wonder um, if it devalues like the amount of training that like a legit astronaut has to do, like by just allowing anyone to, to do these quick training. You know what I mean? Like a thousand and ten percent. That's the hot take. Do you call them astronauts because they went to the edge no, of space? No, absolutely not. Yeah, some no, people are no, no, they're not astronauts. I'm just also, saying I want to hear from an astronaut how they feel about all of this. But you know, we, I don't I know. love that. I think we need a new name for them, like space people, but not astronaut. You can't have... I call them space tourists. Like you can be one okay. of the Okay. I like tourists, that. I like that. I'm not, but yeah. Yes. You heard it here first on Oil Let's Talk. Space tourists. Not the same thing, but I know in Disney World, there's Space Mountain, and I <laughs> went on it when I was, like, probably 13, and they tell you not to look on your side because you could get sick, like, you know, nauseous, and what did I do? Of course, I looked at my mother on the side because I'm a rebel child, and I felt so sick when I came <laughs> out of that. I'm like, this is what real space feels like, like, all the pressure in your head and everything. I'm like, I'm, I don't want that feeling at all. Danny, I don't think you're you're made to go to space. No, I don't think so either. My body's okay. Not made okay. I'm gonna break it to you. Anyway, on a more serious note, another thing that happened this year was a Brian Laundry Gabby Petito case, arguably the case that had people glued to their TVs or social media waiting for answers. Um, for those who kind of know the story, but not really, long story short, this is as best as, as I can kind of summarize it. So Gabby Petito was an, a 22-year-old semi-blogger influencer, had a road trip to the West Coast to tour state parks with her fiancé, Brian Laundrie. They were seen by police at a state park. You know, there, there's footage of this. She's crying, shaking. It seems like they had some fight, a discussion. Um they're told to sleep in different rooms, like to go to different hotels, to chill, um, come back. It seems they ha they were in a very heated argument. She ends up saying on the record that she sort of initiated after he also says the same thing. And, you know, I, I believe she slapped him or something. Anyway, long story so short, she goes missing. He goes back home without her. Um, to Florida. He they were in Wyoming. He goes to right. Florida. Without her, and there's, you know, nobody, like, you know, um, he basically killed her. That was confirmed, homicide by suffocation. And he was later found dead weeks later, suffered from a self-inflicted gunshot wound, a.k.a. committed suicide. The tragic story basically addresses domestic violence awareness and how police and such agencies handle cases like this without knowing much, but 
learning to understand those red flags, having some sort of psychology background, which hot take, should that be in their job description? Let's be real. Like, must they know how to handle mental health and all that too? Or is it too much? That That's a whole other like can of worms that I think could be a whole episode because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, like police are used to enforce laws that they didn't study or learn themselves. That's the whole mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, my point to that is you can't, at the end of the day, like all of this was circumstantial right like friends family like people are saying police should have stepped in well why did it get to the point that police had to be involved to to begin with that's my Mm -hmm. take my hot take with this is i was bothered that it was such it was since the story was sensationalized and i say that because this happens often like it's disgusting and crazy, mm-hmm. but this, the Gabby Petito case wasn't like, oh my God, this happened. This hasn't happened in 10 years. No, that like happened here in South Florida, like this, this month, the, I think this, it's because she had six a, months. I think it's because she had a platform and a following that because like any other celebrity, you know, when, know. when things happen like this, you tend to compare it to the average person and people that will always be the argument, you know, this happens all too often. And why was she singled out? It's because of that. It's because she has a following and, and you know, it's, but I think it's important too. like, not the I, sensational yes. part, I think but it's... I think that it needs to be brought to light because there's so many cases that same thing with the Black Lives Matter movement. Like if there's not one trial and one example that is held accountable, then this will continue for years to come. I agree. I just want that energy for everything, for all women of color, mm-hmm. for all cases, yeah. for transgender people, for people of the LGBT community when this happens. Like, yes, I agree. This is a very serious case. I just don't like that it was, oh my God, Gabby Petita. And it was like, okay, that's really sad, but like it happens to a lot of people. Yeah, we should do something yeah. about it. Yeah. And I'm, no I'm sorry, was, that sounds morbid. No, but no one was also held accountable. I think that's like the really mm. frustrating part because at mm. the end of the day, there is no murder trial. There's no one getting arrested. Mm. There's no one facing charges. Right, right, right. Like there, for a lot of these cases, like you can kind of guess who did it, but it was a fact that this guy ran away. There's his family allegedly helped him and he ended up dying by suicide. So like who knows if he was truly guilty or what the other side of the story is, but it's unfair that Gabby Petito's family, who's originally from New York, she was living in Florida um, with Brian Laundrie and his family that, you know, their daughter's so far away and they'll just never get that kind of closure. But to raise another point that I think was very super 2021 was the TikTok sleuths. I feel like you, if you saw one Gabby Petito video on any type of social media, like the way that these social media algorithms work, you were seeing people mm-hmm. being like, well, Brian must have done this and he was here. And I'm like, why is everyone all of a sudden a detective or an like investigator? Yeah, I think this was the first case that really like took took TikTok by storm because it's such a new platform. And I was just super shocked by number one, how many people were right? Like days later, they're like, oh, he must have been here. And then I'm like, wait, wait a minute. They're actually guessing correct. Or, oh, the dad walked out with this. Like national news outlets were using TikTok to point really? out like this is what the internet sleuths are saying and some of that i don't know if it helps police or anything because like especially after the whole tiger king fiasco they definitely use the popularity of a case to help get tips but i do i found it very interesting to see how many people on reddit tiktok instagram facebook even snapchat were just like engaging in this search so i i lend it to gabby petito white had a following she was a blogger. So YouTubers were like very on this. 
And because of her platform on social media, a lot of people on social media also turn to it. Also, they're very like, the people who tend to use these platforms, and this is a pointer verified, tend to be younger white people who have time on their hands. So young white girl, influencer, young white people concerned for her safety. That's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. But I will I will point out the fact that this case took everyone by storm. It wasn't just young people like my parents were glued to the TV and they don't really follow any bloggers or influencers. Which I think this adds to Manny's point. If you didn't watch if you didn't listen to our reality TV episodes, it depends what kind of reality TV you like. Some people love the court mm. stuff. Like mm. court TV is a, its own channel. I yeah. think at the end of the day, this was a weird case of reality mm-hmm. TV for some people because it was 100%. it went from a young couple who was engaged or seemingly broke off their engagement, went on a road trip, something seemingly normal, um, had a bunch of red flags in the relationship. He comes back states away without her, has her cell phone. No one knows where she is, can't get a hold of her. They find her body. They need to wait for the autopsy report. He disappears again, even though police question him. Why did they let him get away? Like this, my fiance says it all the time. Lewis is like, oh, this is going to turn into a Netflix special or like a Hulu oh documentary Maybe. because <laughs> the, dra- the drama was just there. Like you don't even need sure. to write it in. For sure. Yeah. It writes itself. Well, guys, on a similar somber note i wanted to mention the state of social media and how crappy it is (laughs) let's talk about it let's do it a new beginning or the end (laughs) both okay so i think the facebook whistleblower coming to um coming out you know her releasing all those documents though um wall street uh was it the wall street journal Wall Street Journal and her um, testimony in Congress that her that moment just like we had been suspecting of what social media was doing. Right. But she cemented the fact that it was real. I'm here today because I believe Facebook's products harm children, stoke division and weaken our democracy. The company's leadership knows how to make Facebook and Instagram safer but won't make the necessary changes because they have put their astronomical profits before people. All our hunches and all the things that we had been kind of like speculating, like Facebook's really bad for our kids and it's, you know, making money on the divisiveness. You know, we were only speculating. And then she came out and she was like, no, this is bam. Yeah, this is true AF. This is true AF. So it wasn't shocking when it did come out. Like everyone was just like, oh, I knew that. But it was like, no, yeah, we knew that, but it's real. Like, hello. Actually, I think scary. The, the concerning part was she's like, Facebook knows it. And we're <laughs> yeah. not doing anything about it. That was the problem. God. <laughs> Shout out to her for co- photocopying all those documents and smuggling them out of Facebook. You know, she she gets kudos. Um, I did want to mention, I just, looking back at the entire year, we see the rise of alt-right groups. QAnon comes out of the internet. We see it spread through social media, and then we have something like the January 6th Capitol riots. Fast forward, we see social media bring divisiveness into just our daily culture, and we learn the dangers that it's doing to young people. We see a a rise in 
school threats uh, school shootings are not going away and then it's crazy i was talking to my sister-in-law the other day about my niece and my nephew and it was like it's hard to raise a kids nowadays like a kid like you know it, it you know you're I, it's like you can't get away from I don't it. even, it's it's so hard it's so hard i remember watching i'm sorry we spoke about this actually in our um social uh we talked about this our social media episode and we talked about just how insane but it's guys i don't i'm, I'm lost for words take it away yeah i definitely i definitely feel like social media was like big yikes this year because it's one thing to suspect that it's bad for you. People just said that like old wives tale, but there's actually now mm-hmm. more data and proof that these companies know that it's bad for you. Like the receipts and, were shown. And yeah, we're like, and they're like, same. The FBI agent is listening to you. Right, Siri, you're right. No, but I, it's Facebook. <laughs> I'm keeping that in the episode. <laughs> hello mark (laughs) (laughs) um but uh, honestly like on a more serious note to all of this um again like i know i just briefly mentioned tiktok it's that social media has widened one's echo chamber so you're Mm. not introduced to different ways of thought as much and that was realized and instead of just oh, you're stuck in your echo chamber because of some algorithm or some formula that someone is making you see all these accounts and ads and stuff. It's like, no, let's keep feeding them more. And I think that was the issue and where everyone gets all contentious about Facebook and its partnering platforms like WhatsApp and Instagram. A lot of misinformation came from WhatsApp, especially to minority and non-English speaking communities because it's an easy way or an easy platform to use to communicate across different countries. Mm-hmm. And I just reeling it back to our Latinx community or Latin community. It's very scary to realize that some of these things that we've realized, cause we got to see the congressional hearing in English. We get to read all of these stories and stuff, but that's not necessarily translated or published to the communities that are using WhatsApp and are like spreading their fake chain messages on there yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they don't really get, get the whole scope of it. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a trickle down effect before I think 2022 is going to be an eye opening moment for social media. Like we're going to see a lot more um, regular regulation over yes. it. because It's going to be a priority Preach. now. Preach. That's I want thing. legislation to pass on this. Like That's it needs the thing. to. There's no regulation at this point in time because none of this had ever existed beforehand. So, you know, it it's it's so new still. Um, mm. but I'm curious to know, have you guys ever since this whole thing happened, have you guys chosen to scale back on your usage of social media at all? Like have you noticed you use it less? Well, I stopped using Facebook a long time ago. Like I don't mm. use Facebook I at all. Like only for only for work. Instagram, yeah, because I talk to people yeah. in the group chats. Twitter, um, yeah, Twitter for yeah, occasionally. Yeah. I will go out on a limb and say Twitter is one of the most responsible social media companies. Like they, I think that they are really um, laying the groundwork for a lot of their material because they censor things. Like they're always beta testing stuff. I think that Twitter will actually lay a lot of the framework in the future. But to Danny's comment. Um, I noticed that I'm using social media less just because I don't have time. Like I don't have as much time to like scroll through it. The birthdays are helpful on Facebook. I'm not really posting on there. It's like for life updates. Old people probs. Like, reminders work, but you know, I ain't got no, time for that. Because I know this sounds really 
caca, but I just mark birthdays in my Google calendar. And there's some people that I'm like, oh, like this maybe fell through the cracks or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, or family members, etc. But yeah, I, I enjoy social media. I don't mind using it. I like it. Um, I'm not exactly a TikTok scroller for endless years that's like some the people. only one i also can't figure out like i i want to it just seems so complicated and i don't have tiktok i don't yeah. want to like i don't want to make i don't want to make the content anymore i just want to use it to stay connected and you that's just how scroll you just just no but like to make con you know like to be a oh. creator oh i'm not like so much work no I'm, i just go there for the funny dumb videos it, it's mindless it's kind of fun yeah <laughs> got it well anyway Speaking about social media, obviously, Facebook in particular being in the limelight of scrutiny for a while now. And I don't know if this is a power move. You guys tell me. But on October 28th, CEO Mark Zuckerberg spoke at a live streamed virtual conference that they were rebranding, so to speak. And the new name, Meta. Uh, Wait, say it one more time so I can ug one more time. Meta, Meta, Meta. Uh. Like metadata. (laughs) Anyway. Stupid. The name was chosen because of the work his company will be doing to create and support the metaverse. That's what they're calling it. The name for a shared online 3D virtual space that a number of companies seem to be interested in, in creating a sort of future vision of the internet, meaning holograms is the idea. I'm so scared. That's the rumor. Same. Oh my it's God, Gabby, cool. same. It's no. kind of cool. No. Like going to space is one thing. Like we want to send people elsewhere. Now we basically want to like ruin all types of human interaction Mm -hmm. by sending a hologram somewhere. And like, what is that? Kind of cool. It's like the Marvel movies or like Disney Channel when they super cool. Like honestly, mind blowing. But if Facebook can basically control people to like push them and give them their echo chamber they wanted can you imagine if they can hologram with each other like the most dangerous people but ever? okay like, yes. we're not you even regulating places let's let's make all the QAnon people holograms so they can talk to each other that's <laughs> dangerous think about it but like it's that the same thing as text messaging or like zoom for example mm-hmm, it's, I agree. it is not the same thing not it the, is not. not the same thing but by organizing themselves like what Manny was saying, we, we you can do that now. That's You're how right. yes. yes. look yes. connected for but years. I'm curious to know what the receipts will look like. So, like, let's say I hologram myself to Danny's house, or we meet in this virtual space. All you can tell is that we met holographically. But can you see, like, in a text message, you have like receipts? Oh. You have what we talked about and stuff. So, or mm. if someone dies and you I keep their hologram, it. like, is that healthy grieving? Like, we're gonna change. Oh my the god! Oh my god! Can you? do that i thought you had to be like present you know like, no but i'm thinking like now. what if you what if you record it right or there because i'm sure that'll be the next wave and you keep it's like keeping a voicemail right this is just a side note have you seen black mirror yes no, i was I gonna bring that up like gross yes well <laughs> uh here's my i think it, it gives me this dystopic future vibes because it reminds me of like all those movies where it's like people are in their house and like they're like fat and lazy and they're just meeting oh, yeah. people, you know, virtually. And it's like, like Wally, like you, that's it's yes, exactly. So it's like a step worse of what already have. Yes, we already have that. We have places for people of all views to, you know, share ideas, but this brings it, a, it I don't know. It's, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I, obviously, new stuff is uncomfortable, but I think in a bad way. And I also read that Facebook was going to, at the end of the day, Facebook makes money off of information. So mm-hmm. this metaverse is just another way to harvest information. Yeah. Hey, sign up for metaverse. You know, and it's like, 
face scan your face and put your pictures and it's like i like these red shoes and now you got a bunch of ads for red shoes so it's like at the end of the day it's the same bs with a little painted a different way you know it's yes, the same but again turd. everyone has a choice which is what they will say and it is true Correct. like at the end of the day you have a choice to be a part of it or not but i also do want to note really quickly that meta right which is the the name of the company that owns facebook whatsapp instagram they're those individual platforms will not change its name to Meta. It's just Meta is the overall like parent umbrella company. Um, I do just want to say that I think it's cool at the very least that we can push technological ventures this far. Like I'm sure military probably has some sort of access to this stuff or we're going to, mm-hmm. it's probably in like top super secret areas already. The fact that Facebook is willing to jump or Meta is willing to jump and offer it to the public is going to like be a massive flex for the United States in terms of wealth and a great economy. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't feel like the the world is there yet. And we don't need it. It drives me to my next point. The Cuban protests were largely driven by social media. And like, hello, remember when a bunch of people just like suddenly re- remembered that Cuba existed? Guys, that was in July. And I think it's amazing that we're not even a year out from it. It's just a few months later. November 15th, there was like, a, once again, a new push for visibility um, mm-hmm. for the island. But to scale back and let, and like remind people who did not listen to our Patria Vida episode, which you totally should, by the way, because we really <laughs> do a great deep dive. Um, between July 11th and July 17th, there was just a bunch of massive protests from the island. It was probably the largest protest that they've seen in decades. And it was basically coming to wit's end. It was just on top of the pandemic, food shortages, medicine shortages, etc. A bunch of Cubans took to the streets and were like, we've had enough. And at this point, like, Remember that the generations have not, like, there's so many people that have never known a Cuba without Raul Castro, or not Raul Castro, but a Castro in power. Um, obviously, that has changed since then. Raul Castro is still kind of like the main figurehead, though he's not president. Um, but Cuba was kind of like on the map again. And if you think about it, I think like 2008, 2009 is when they finally had like mobile access to the internet. So Facebook and et cetera. So look what happens just after a few years that people who suddenly have access to internet and other ways of life could mobilize so wildly. And I remember seeing like beyond protests in Miami, like they were in Orlando and I was shocked, like shutting down streets there. Philadelphia, New York, Mm -hmm. like California, Colorado. I was, I was very impressed Um, to know not much came of it. There's a lot of reasons why these protests were important because Again, like Cuba has just been, I think, just marked as a communist country and that's it. People don't worry about it. It's just very close to the United States and that's all people are concerned of. But in the Latin Grammys, Patria y Vida, which essentially was a protest song honoring Cuba and like the suffering that's happening there, was named Song of the Year by the Latin Grammys. So I think um, on top of the protest being historic, the impacts of it are forever going to be memorialized among the overall Latinx community. And I do think that as people have more access to information and Cuba's government is not as solidified as it once was, um, we could see changes on the island. Change is slow. I'm going to emphasize that to people. You do not see it overnight. You do not see it over days. But one set of massive protests, I don't doubt there could be more in the near future. And as travel restrictions lighten up and as people start heading back there, I really do think that Cuba will be on its way to the come up within the next 10 years or so. And I'm hoping that's true. But 
2021 was the year that actually sparked that hope for a lot of us or for myself at least but it makes me sad to think that like you referenced july and i remember that being such a like it was everywhere like people were just so passionate about it and sharing stories and like a lot of celebrities took to social media to talk about it and spread awareness. And now nothing. It's all quiet. I haven't seen any news stories about it. And I don't know if it has to do with like with their government over there or if there's like an internet shutdown again or what. But I feel like this happens where Cuba is brought to the limelight and then all of a sudden nothing and nothing for months. So is it our responsibility to keep up with it, would you say, both of you as actual Cubans? I think the Cuba topic continues. It's different being in South Florida because it's your community and it's become a political topic as well. Like local um, local officials have been pushing, you know, trying to push Biden to do something. Biden, it, you know, the last thing his administration said was he was trying to put, you know, Internet on the island, but he really hasn't come out with like any plans or updates on that. So it, it is up to our community to let others know what's going on on the island because a it is you know this government is censoring its people it is you know prohibiting them from organizing so any information that comes out of there is from you know very local it's very organic you know there's not you're, you're not getting news out of there like we get from other parts of the world so i think it is difficult i think cuba should remain in everyone's prayers I want to I I'm not as optimistic as Gabby in saying that it will change soon because I feel like unless the government the government needs to collapse like the government needs to collapse under its own weight in order for the people to come out because until that moment happens they're going to continue to be suppressed and they're going to continue to be endangered these people are putting their lives out there like they are tortured they're imprisoned they're you know put in very bad situations and that's their reality you know so We'll I, see what's to come. And I will say I put an asterisk by soon that maybe mm. not. I think within my lifetime, I'll see one more change happen in Cuba. But I oh, don't I think so. I don't think it's going to be overhaul. But I do think mm. after six more than 60 years of oppression, like something's going to give. And as Manny said, like collapse of government. I mean, but I'm not, not a military intervention by by a country. No, and that's that's definitely why everyone should listen to Patria y Vida, our episode, because we definitely dive deeper into this topic. But I, I do want people to know that here on Oye Let's Talk, I said that things could change for Cuba because now people are more aware of it. It was brought to the forefront once again. And if something else were to happen or like they the Cuban people wasn't just based on tragedy and communism, um, it was the Cuban people who brought attention to their issues. And I think that's already very empowering as we speak of protests, because protesting isn't a right everywhere. So the fact that they like stood out on a limb to do that for the first time in decades and so massively, I think shows promise. But I digress. Again, I'm just a Cuban American standing on my uh, soapbox. Lovely co-host. I think we should end our episode with the good things that happened in 2021 and i will start off by saying that i i was so upset that the olympics were canceled last year i was i looked forward to seeing them this year they were a little lackluster obviously because of the constraints of the pandemic we didn't see that pomp and circumstance that we always see you know there were no crowds in the stands so it was a little sad um but it was still fun you know seeing the countries come together and compete and 
That was exciting. We saw mental health take a forefront as we saw Simone Biles, you know, um, scale back from her events. She said she wasn't all there. And that was, I think that was very interesting that she, some people criticized her for that, but she was able to, you know, stand up for herself and, and speak on those issues. And I thought that was very powerful. I look forward to the Olympics next year in Beijing. I think they had an amazing summer Olympics that um, back in 2008, they had an, the best opening ceremony. So I'm sure they will outdo themselves. I know uh, uh, we current uh, us currently announced that they would have, um, they wouldn't be sending their diplomats to their, they were boycotting, by not sending the diplomats. They haven't said anything about athletes, but obviously, you know, I, China, athletes are still allowed to, to as of now, as, as of now, be, yeah. but we they do know be. China, you know, violates some human rights laws and it's always a double-edged sword whenever it comes to the forefront of investing or participating in China. So we'll see how that plays out. I also want to mention that Simone Biles was named Times Athlete of the Year, and it wasn't just for her athleticism. It was what she did with her title and her talent. And I think that's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> um, on another note, I'm also, I think one of the good things to happen this year um, are weddings. They're back. And it's not only because I'm planning one. But in, <laughs> in all seriousness, I feel like there was a lot of things taken away or like scaled mm -hmm. back during the pandemic, 2020, 2020 and 2021. Um, but I feel like people are finally more comfortable celebrating things to its full and, and richness. And again, I think that's beautiful because <laughs> for so long, I think we really harp on some of the sad things that happen on day to day to day life or, you know, we work in news, so it's very depressing, but it's been nice to say like, Oh, even though prices are up, like weddings are bouncing back and Ooh, people are getting sorry married. Wallet. Sorry, bank account. It, you know, best yeah. friends, you know, I have a record of three weddings this year. That's next year I have like four yeah, or five. It's yes. wild. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it, it's tough. It's definitely tough as a time commitment, but it's just really nice to know that people it's still tough. love it, want to celebrate it with others, like, yeah. and they're willing to go all out. I'm there for it. Stay tuned for our live show that we will have at Gabby's wedding. You I heard be, it here first. Yes, it I will, will be happen. bringing. I'll, okay, I'm guys. bringing. I'm bringing my recording equipment, and I'm getting sound from your guests, and then we can do a little wrap up. So exciting. That's so funny. Okay, come September. Like, that's all so long from now. <laughs> It'll be here before we know it. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I was looking forward to, well, this year and more so next year, but this year I went to Camilo's concert, which I love Camilo. Um, he's a Colombian artist. And I don't even know I, who that is. <laughs> Camilo Nevaluna, you've never heard of him? Oh my gosh. Oh Manny, God. We'll, put, we'll put you on. We'll put you on. No worries. No okay, worries. well, I love him. Um, and I went to his concert recently in October in Miami, and I hadn't been to a concert since like, I think 2017 for Taylor Swift. It's been like years. So I was oh really, really excited. Um, I wore my mask and everything, took it off for a little bit, <laughs> put it back on. Um, but next year, guys, are you ready for this? Gabby knows, but many, I don't think I told you. What so happened? they convinced me to go to a Bad Bunny a bad concert. Bunny concert. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! I'm okay. so excited. We didn't convince her. We didn't I'm convince her. To she was like, "Can I go to Bad Bunny in Atlanta?" <laughs> 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 
technicalities. Good, but good any, anyhow, we were digressing. Concerts and music music festivals, for the most part, I think, are back. Hopefully, mm. knock on wood, they will stay that way next year. Um, but yeah, like Abby mentioned, I think people are more excited to go out. They're not as scared or paranoid as they used to be, unless you're my mother. Sorry, mom. Or, you know, there are people who are still very scared, depending on, you know, how personally COVID hit you and your family and people that you know. But hopefully we're getting slowly but surely back to normal. And I want to mention this. Sorry, man, I'm going to totally uh, steal some thunder right now. But one of my great points of 2021, sorry, I'm like, what, what year is it? Yeah. Um, I really feel like music is on the come up because people had time to actually craft some of their art, like Taylor Swift re-releasing some of her albums or some artists deciding to try new things. The Jonas Brothers are back together. What? <laughs> I feel like it's all a throwback. But I do want to highlight that this year, Beyonce became like the most nominated female artist. Here's my hot take. It's all for things that like, she never really won any of the major big awards for whatever reason. I don't consider Beyonce just an R&B and rap star but those are most yeah. of the most of the grammy she's she won pop? yeah but she doesn't really win those she wins a lot of like art again i think it's because of the color of her skin i'm gonna call grammy so Wait, white did destiny's child win any album like pop album or something? i haven't looked that far but okay. yeah i don't doubt it or they did win art in the r&b and rapping category yeah. as well but my point being is it was really cool to see beyonce like actually become queen in that in that sense and I'm a huge Olivia Rodrigo fan. She's just the type of nostalgia I need in an artist. I got tickets to her show. Is that's what I'm looking forward to. But she also was nominated for seven Grammys. And I just feel like in general, I know that we put a lot of emphasis on some of these awards, but I've noticed that a lot of women have been like rolling out, collecting those trophies. Um, I feel like a lot of talent has come from the pandemic. And 2022 is just going to be a great year for tours, a great year for music a great year for new and up and coming artists and Spotify has been really trying to diversify its platform as well. So I think people are getting more exposed than ever. I'm here for it. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm here for it. Not to rain on anyone's parade, uh -oh. but <laughs> we'll see how this, I, here's the thing. I hope, and I remember us saying this in our last wrap up saying that we would hope to see the end of the pandemic. Here we are. And we are, we're, we're, I don't think it's ending anytime soon, but I think that we've progressed. Like, we're, okay. Okay. And that's, and that's what I, and that's what I was going to say. You know, we're here in the midst of a new variant, mm -hmm. yay variants. And, you know, most of us are vaccinated, but now it's like, now we're talking our, boosters. So yeah, exactly. We're, and we're talking about boosters. Be smart about it. You know, if you're going to be out and about with large crowds, do it. Mask, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Be safe. Um, I did want to say though, with the return of this variant, will we return to work? I don't. Some people have returned to work. Some haven't. I know I'll be fully going back into the office next year, and I'm kind of looking forward to that. I enjoy being, you know, in the office and at work. I know that's lame, but and I'm tired from working pajamas? from home. It's convenient. It, it's, Welcome to the real world again, man. It's a double take. It's it's a double edged sword. Um, but yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, I think remote work is also here to stay. But that you know what, guys, that's a better episode. Like, what are is this an after effect of the pandemic? Who knows? That's for ne that's a next year question. 
But everyone, we want to hear about what you loved about this year. Anything we left out, let us know on Instagram. You can email us, DM us, so be it. We just want to say we hope you had a happy 2021 and may 2022 be a little bit better. And don't forget, say Oye. Let's listen to Oye Let's Talk next year. Yes, guys. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy New Year. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Año Nuevo. All the fun things. Celebrate. Celebrate with your mask as much as you can. 